Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Savage Starlight, the officially unofficial podcast for The Last of Us on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking season one, episode nine, Look for the Light. Aaron, it's the full recap podcast. Uh, you've seen it a few more times, at least once. I don't want to I won't put too much pressure on you. Uh, how do you feel about it coming out of the second? I've done nothing but watch this episode since we stopped talking about <laughs> 46 it. 46 times. I I subscribed to experimental Google contact lenses, so they played behind my eyelids as I slept. Nice. I am the world's foremost expert on this episode, and I say it's good. <laughs> I say it's good. Uh, there's a lot of people I see in the feedback already saying, am I supposed to feel this kind of empty and hollowed out and like you know there's there's like I, I feel like i got sucker punched but also i got what i wanted you know and i'm like yeah that's exactly how i remember feeling after playing the this video game like mm-hmm. ellie says okay you smash cut the black the credits roll and i just sat there in my couch like fuck fuck i don't like how this feels it's like seeing Braveheart when I, I remember that's that's the first movie I ever saw where the good guy doesn't necessarily win in the end sure and like when yeah. it's happening it's like oh surely his men are going to oh they're out the crowd there I've seen Robin Hood I this is gonna and then oh my god they're gonna be the, you you can't like stuff your guts back into a body back in the middle ages and live right like he's oh the child oh there goes his head well he's definitely gonna die now um <laughs> uh-huh yeah, sometimes it's a bummer, and that's what this. Uh, I think that the 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 cap of this episode or the cap of this season is a uh, uh, is is bittersweet if it's sweet at all, um, and and that makes it great. Like, it, it's funny that I I don't know. I'm glad that people are having the debate over the morality and everything, the big issue. But like to me, it's not nearly as interesting as like what does Ellie mean when she says okay. Um, sure, and, sure. And, and I like that all those conversations are happening all across America right now. Uh, what about you? Have you been watching it constantly? Have you been monitoring the episode? Uh, no, I have not been. I, I have to confess, I did not get the Google implants, uh, the contact lenses. I, I couldn't afford them. You know, I, I got a. I'm working with the budget over here, Aaron. I know you're not, but I am. Uh, so yeah, I, I couldn't do it, but I have seen it twice now and uh the second time i enjoyed it even more than the first time and the first time i was blown away so uh yeah I, i'm a big fan of this episode i really love some of the smaller moments you know it's, it's to me like the thing that hits the hardest isn't the okay it isn't the lie i swear it's the scene where joel sits down and tells ellie about the time he tried to kill himself because he lost sarah and how she has changed that for him uh, and he mm-hmm. doesn't come out and say it, right? Because he's not gonna. He's Joel. Uh, mm-hmm. But that moment is super powerful to me. Uh, and, you know, little moments like uh, just Ellie kind of walking around traumatized uh, to see all that life sucked out of this once 
life filled kid is rough. You get you get the looks at the end of last episode, but this is when it really sinks in what the damage is, you know. Um yeah, that stuff just kind of crushes me in this episode. And then you get to the end and, and I'm I'm like kind of half pissed at Joel. I'm I'm half pissed at Marlene for being so dumb. I'm I'm like it's more complex in those in those final moments um mm. and so it doesn't quite hit as effectively for me but yeah I, yeah i i think the other thing that underlines all the action is our realization that like joel and ellie are as close that they've ever been you know clearly she is she's hurt mm-hmm. and she's healing um joel doesn't know if she's like beyond repair but like the giraffe scene suggests that no they're she she can recover you know there is it's like there 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 is a spark inside that uh, you know she can find the the next thing that's like like joel talks about that's worth living for right Mm -hmm. uh she found it like within moments of the speech um but then at the end of the episode there is this that like just as they got as close as they ever got uh and then the hospital situation is it's such a it's such a it's such an artificially constructed circumstance but it 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 makes everything work so well the fact that like you know joel's not going to be able to get a a chance to say goodbye Mm -hmm. joel's not gonna uh and and why would they and marlene knowing joel why would she think that he would want that something like that she's wildly misjudged the situation um, the situation has changed on her, right? Like the, the ground has shifted underneath her. her feet. Yeah, right. And she's got this other thing she's got to worry worry about. Um, and then Ellie's going to wake up right again, right as they were the closest they've ever been. And now immediately there's going to be this gulf that yawns between them again. This thing, this thing that's been done, this lie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so ironic because like if he had done anything else, there wouldn't be the gulf but there wouldn't be any Ellie, you know? Yeah. So it's like one, it's like this kind of like really peculiar hell that he's put himself into or threatened to put himself into where he saved the thing that he couldn't bear to lose. But like what that going forward now, what's that going to look like? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, there's the whole, like I've also been entertaining to, to, to look at everybody's, you know, temperature on the fuck them fireflies question. Uh, I, I've often wondered if I was a weirdo to have that reaction because, you know, I don't, I, I don't really go on the forums to talk about like people's reaction to video games. And when I do, I'm almost always disappointed because it's <laughs> oftentimes like, you know, what, what is this? I don't give a shit about what a 17 year old thinks about the end of this video game. No offense. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're on the way to being a fascinating person, 17 year old, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I, and, and, sarcasm. And, yeah, to see, no, I'm, no, I'm seriously, you probably are. <laughs> okay, like, I thought okay. I, I thought I was a worldly 17 year old at the time too. And I'm telling you now I, I, I had some, I some seasoning. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that, um, just seeing everybody kind of like it's universal. Like I, I, I thought there'd be this like big kind of moment, but it seems a universal. Everyone kind of came to the conclusion that like. Yes, if all things being equal, you should sacrifice a girl to save all of humanity. But my God, look at the circumstantial things here. Look at like, do we believe? I I feel like 99% of the viewing audience is roughly how I felt where it's like, yeah, maybe Joel did this tragedy. But like, how could he ever have done anything else in this circumstance and kind of fuck again? Fuck the fireflies for putting him in that position. 
it's the most successful thing they do with the ending of this is they come to the only logical conclusion for Joel. I mean, Joel, you know, can't give up Ellie in this moment and so much that he's willing to lie to her face in order to not have to give her up. It's obviously selfish in some ways and it's obviously to protect her, but it's at such a great cost to everyone else. It, it it doesn't feel wrong is the thing, right? It, it it feels like the decision I would not want him to make because I care about the, the human existence. But at the same time, you don't fault him for making it. It's something I didn't think about like, you know, 12 years ago when I played the game for the first time, but I definitely think about it now. It's also a kind of a lesson in like, you got to consider the human factor. Like if you're an expert mm-hmm. that's going to have the arcane knowledge that will save people or whatever, like you've got to be careful about how you go about on those moves. Because if you go about the whole, like, hey, we've taken care of everything, there's not going to be any pain. There's not going to be any fear. You just have to trust us. And the process is going to, you're going to get people like Joel that are not going to fucking take that. You have to consider the human aspect and the fact that, like, I, I think half, you know, a large part of my Firefly problem is that they just didn't. They didn't. They thought that, and 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 they half-assed it. They had this heavy hand, but they'd only use it halfway. And in this very kind of, like, mm-hmm. passive-aggressive, um, convince themselves they're correct in, a, in an ivory tower kind of way, um... And I think I think that comes across as gross and it's it's lessons we can learn about ourselves and and how, you know, how we deal with our fellow man. like you have to you have to plan for the human component of any kind of tragedy or disaster or something. And if you don't, you're you're planning to fail because you are dealing with humans. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. We ready to get into the recap. Talk about this. Yes. But I also want to make one final impassioned plea to uh if if you you know you like you like bald move you like us talking about television and movies we have tons of stuff for the rest of the year going on and we're about to start our coverage of yellow jackets in fact if you're if you're just following us on the last of us feed on the savage farts on the savage fart light man i made it i made it almost a whole season without uh, that hilarious mispronunciation <laughs> but if you if you're following just on a savage fart light you might want to check out the uh, bald move pulp or bald move prestige bald move pulp is where we have all our fantasy and sci-fi stuff prestige is where we host you know uh, a little bit more serious minded funny enough nah i'm not gonna get into it yeah. uh we for on prestige we're gonna be doing yellow jacket season two that's on showtime um it was a great thriller uh, kind of mystery box uh, uh, with a lot of great, uh, fantastic performances. If you uh, if you want to get a different side to uh, who was the uh, the leader of the Jackie? Uh, no, no, no of the of the Kansas City. Oh, uh, Melanie Linsky. Melanie Linsky is amazing. Christina Ricci is in that season. She's great. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a ton of. Yeah. Juliette Lewis, there's a ton of excellent female leads in that. Um, it's about a uh, a cheerleading squad that goes down in the Yukon and a plane crash, and they have a bunch of mysterious experiences in the woods, and then now it's 20, 30 years later. 30 years later, I think, and uh, the women are dealing with some kind of, you know, lingering trauma and things from, from the experience. Uh, we're really looking forward to that. And then Severance. Uh, the breakout hit from uh, uh, Apple TV is coming out later this year. We're going to be all over that. 
And then we in over on Bold Move Pulp, we already got Star Trek Picard and The Mandalorian. And uh, if you, you know, have listened to us all season long and you've gotten a few laughs and, and you like even more Jim and Aaron type stuff, go to support.baldmove.com. Get rid of all the ads. That's a nice bonus. But we also do uh, probably average two, two and a half shows a week, at least just for our club members. So check that out. Support.baldmove.com. Okay. Now that I've harangued you. Uh, let's let's get into the recap. Now's the time to endure and survive. We'll be back with more Savage Starlight. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We try to make it super easy to support making podcasts at Bald Move. Just join the club. But some people aren't a joining type, or maybe they're already in the club but want to add a little bit of gratuity for an especially great season of coverage, or for a podcast that really spoke to them, or gave them that bit of support in a tough time. For these, and for whatever other reason you might have, our tip jar is always open. Head over to support.ballmove.com and click the donate option to say, hey, keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. Once again, check out support.ballmove.com for all the great ways to help me and Jim keep making the podcast you love. Just so we're clear about back there, it was either us or the ad. Welcome back to more Savage Starlight. All right, we start off with Ellie's mother, Anna, giving birth to Ellie while actively being bit by the infected. Uh, I don't know where you want to stop with this because that's the cold open and then we get the theme and then we come back to this scene. Um, Maybe we could talk about the whole thing. Uh, Marlene arrives with a couple of other fireflies. Ellie's mother begs her to kill her and keep the baby safe. Um, And that's kind of the whole... She does. She does kill her. Um, Man, this is a rough scene. Ellie's mother... Uh, I, w- I want to know <laughs> I want to know so much more right like every time they show me more information about Ellie's backstory or anybody's doing anything I want to know oh how did they get into this situation right like how did she end up running through the woods n- apparently 8.9999 repeating months pregnant uh, <laughs> and and being chased by infected into this house where she's supposed to meet with fireflies who didn't show up uh, or, yeah, or how did she get up. separated from that group? How did a single... Why is she by herself doing this? Yeah, I have so many questions right. about what and... went wrong to put her in this situation. Yeah. Well, it's funny but... because these are, these are are this is something that we didn't see in the game. So, like, we have... It's like something, a new piece of information to just ask, you know, a whole bunch of mm-hmm. new questions or raises a bunch of new questions. Um, and, and the way that they filmed this, like, you know... She gave birth literally as she was being bought. She no baby mm-hmm. zombie uh, infected lady grabbed and they wrestled and they fought for about 10, 15 seconds. As soon as the lady gets stabbed, she looks down. Boom. The baby came out in all the excitement. Uh-huh. Um, 
I wonder if that's going to be a, a breakthrough in maternity ward care. It's going to be they yes. call it the, the the Z birth, where right in the middle, like Z as section. the contractions hits, a, a paid actor without uh, just comes in, busts in, and starts menacing the pregnant woman <laughs> before she knows it. Before she knows that the combination of endorphins and adrenaline just flushes, just just shoots the baby out of her system. You know, you can, know, but, you can but, take a picture with the zombie actor afterwards. It's, it's heartwarming. It goes, <laughs> goes great for the, the Christmas card that year. I'm uh, just telling you, read the fine print on the waivers you're signing. Read the fine you got print. To. Yeah. You got to. Um, but yeah, like, like there's a lot of that, like, when did she get bit? And then she realizes, oh, God, I'm still connected. I got to cut this. There's, mm-hmm. th- but they're suggesting in, in this weird kind of blended origin. I, I don't know what they're. Do, do you have a feeling of what they're trying to do in terms of like the biology here? Or I, I, I guess, hmm. no, because it's all made up and it's all kind of dumb. Mm, but that's kind of where I came at. Yeah. But I, what I think they're going with is that because Ellie was born with the uh, cordyceps in her system. She's she's registering as cordyceps to cordyceps. So I I'm not sure why this would work any more than injecting a human with cordyceps. Uh, it's not like this baby is is not a human being until the very moment it comes out of its mother. It's like right. if she was conceived by someone who had cordyceps and then she was like somehow it was a delayed cordyceps reaction for nine months and she was born and like that i might believe um the thing is is like isn't i i I, I mean i don't i forgot a lot about biology but i thought there was something special about the blood barrier in the placenta that like you know there's some things that go across but there's also like immunities and and whatnot but there's also you know it's a separate circulatory system it's not like literally the blood of the mother flows into the 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 infant you know they don't share a circulatory system Mm-hmm. Um. So like, it wasn't clear clear to me that like just uh, hooked up fifteen seconds would even ten ten or fifteen seconds would even transmit anything. So I I don't know. Again, it's like one of those things where I'm not sure of the science of this, and because I'm not sure of the science, I definitely take that into the firefly scene. Because if they're saying like, oh, there's some kind of mm-hmm. complex chemical masking that's happening here. And it makes Ellie appear as not or as mushroom to the to the mushroom when she's not mushroom. That does not play out in any of the interactions we've seen her have with infected. Like the infected yeah. do not treat her. We've seen what infected do to things that it recognizes as itself. Like if a bunch of them were like getting, sl- you know, trying to make sloppy kisses at her or we're just kind of being around her peacefully. But like, no, she sends them into a rage just like anything else does. So. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm, I'm left even more confused about what the the fuck is going on here. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like I said in the instant take, I'm, I'm just take, taking at face value everything that they say about the science of this because it's all made up bullshit anyway, right? Like none of it sure. is real. Um, well, so that's the no thing. Way to it is. That's the they're... thing. It is. It's like they are naming a species. A, 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 right. Right. A, yeah, like it's it is they are real, but then there's points where we mm-hmm. get off the highway of reality and we get off into the dirt tracks, and I feel like we're pretty far into the dirt tracks now. Yeah, I mean the whole scenario. None of 
anything in The Last of Us could actually happen because the cordyceps can't survive in the human brain. So. Right. But they're trying to do end runs around like we can't do a vaccine for fungus. They're like, well, we're not doing a vaccine. We're doing a, a chemical signaling masking thing. You don't even know what the fuck that is. Yeah. So how can you say it's impossible? It's it's yeah, it feels like they're trying to even more science proof it. But yeah. Uh, Marlene calls it a cure at the end. I think that's also wrong. I don't think you can take a, a syringe full of cordyceps or whatever messenger right. shit is going on in Ellie's brain, inject it into a clicker, and suddenly they'll just like put on a suit and go to work. I, right, I the mushroom. You just start. You just start the shaving yeah. the mushroom off. Oh, it's a person under here. Yeah. No, yeah, it does. When your head splits like... open, I think I think you're beyond a cure at that point. Yeah, um, yeah. When you have a cleft all the way through your skull down to uh-huh. like your nasal cavity, I, I think there's no coming back from that. It would have been interesting if they'd said like this is like a dual, like it's not a vaccine, but it will keep you from being attacked, and it also attacks the pathways that communicate with the human host. So essentially, like if we spray this in a crop dusting scenario over a city, it will both keep people from being attacked and the mushroom the the fungus people who are existing will die you know like within days Mm -hmm. or weeks Mm -hmm. that would be cool that would be like i would say okay that's a cure but i don't know and again they they didn't even get there because joel did the thing he did so yeah yeah bit of a moot point Uh, i thought it was a little ballsy to try and tell uh a backstory and the final sequence of this story uh in the same short episode yes uh, it being only like 40 50 minutes somewhere in there um when they started with this ellie's mother stuff i was like wow okay they're gonna be pretty ambitious here uh-huh. uh, ultimately i thought they had the time to spare uh-huh. um yeah it didn't it didn't feel like this cut anything out of the mainline story that we were already in it only added to it so i think it was the right call and we talked about that in the super spore lore, I think, last week, that, like, if you really thought about it, there was not a lot of ground that they have to cover. Yeah. You know, yeah. the hospital sequence, if you take out all the boom, boom, is pretty quick. And then you've got the, mm-hmm. you know, the the epilogue. Uh, but all that those beats, like, especially if you're not going to take time to like go through a flooded tunnel and f- mm-hmm. kill a bunch of random infected, like, it's, it is, it is, it, it moves along pretty quick. Um, but I felt the same way when they... Uh, when I saw Ashley Johnson, I actually heard her, and I'm like, "Well, that's fucking Ellie," because she sounds just like Ellie. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, I, I was kind of, I, I'd kind of thought like, well, because I'd seen like there's rumors that Ashley Johnson will later appear, and like, is that stuff that was, did I ever see that sourced? Or I started thinking like, you know, as we got later in the season, well, maybe that was just wrong. Maybe that or that's going to be cut content or that'll be on the Blu-rays when they come out. But uh, when they started it up, I'm like, well, this is a yeah, this is a really interesting way to bookend it. Mm-hmm. But I think they made a point in the official podcast to remind us that like this all. Like Ellie's real mother and surrogate father save her and they use a pretext of a lie. You know, like uh, Sarah here does. Um, is it Sarah? No, it's not Sarah. It's Anna. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anna here says she wasn't bit or she was bit after the, she cut the cord. Well, we know that's not true. Uh, Joel swears to Ellie that everything happened is exactly how I said. We know that's not true. I thought that was kind of interesting that it's yet another um, similarity 
another juxtaposition they're making between her her parents and and what a parent's willing to do. Like obviously these are her yeah. best friends. She's known Marlene in particular. She's putting them at risk because the imperative to save her child is overriding all that. I thought that's pretty interesting. Yeah, they make the point that like she's putting Marlene at risk. I don't think that's true in any way. Like there is nothing about, I mean, it doesn't even have teeth. They say like, Oh, maybe it's going to bite you. I, with what teeth? With what teeth? You. It's the fungal teeth. The fungal <laughs> teeth as it reprograms the infant. It just makes sharp chitinous nah. razor blades. This baby's going to come at the crazy. I, I didn't feel like she was putting Marlene in any danger. It was more the ask, the responsibility of it, not, not the danger mm. of it. Uh, to take take my child in this world where everything is already so fucked up and you have so much responsibility to begin with right. and do something with it. Uh, a, a child is not something you can discard lightly. Um, it's not something that's easy to take care of, requires a lot of responsibility and attention. And that's a huge ask. That That to me was more where the, the problem was Let me was ask you this. Ask. Why did they show Marlene hesitating to fulfill her duty? Like I, I wondered on to the instant kill take if Anna yeah, or are they trying to set up some kind of like I, I thought they're trying to make a point about Marlene and about how she tries to take the easy way out. Um hmm. like there's like some kind of like opposition to Joe where Marlene is pragmatic and practical and you know um, not sentimental when she finally does kill Anna she does there's no long like tearful goodbye it's just matter of fact walk in there bang you're done um, I guess she's willing to it shows she's willing to put aside her emotion and do the thing that needs to be done um, and it stands in juxtaposition to Joel uh, as a counter example she's, she's the opposite mm-hmm. of Joel in that regard right she feels deeply but she does it anyway and Joel is the exact opposite. He feels it, hmm. and he has to follow those feelings. But yeah, other than that, I don't know what it's trying to say about Marlene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, why why didn't the Fedra or why didn't the Firefly cover that baby's ears? His <laughs> commanding officer said, "Cover the ears." Mm-hmm. Uh, he's standing there. He has a capability of like cupping the baby's ears and 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 pushing it that's right the other against its its uh, chest, his chest, and he just fucking doesn't. He's afraid. If you handed me a baby and you said cover this baby's ears, I would be extremely worried that I would just cave in its skull. I don't know how hard to press on a brand a newborn infant's ears in a safe way. So maybe he just assumes it's pressure. better for the gunshot than me to. to, to clap this baby's head into a pile of goo accidentally (laughs) i have an alternate theory okay please it's fireflies are bad people fireflies are bad this again huh that that hurt people and they're the type that would run an experimental nazi type program on Mm -hmm. pregnant women and little girls and they should have been stopped they should have been stopped a long time ago you know the apocalypse is bad enough with this false hope that they're offering uh, and this 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 bullshit uh, child butchering program they got, and uh, this you can see the psychopathy uh, exposed right here. We got a newborn infant, and he's gleefully shredding its eardrums for no good reason. Sure, I got an yeah. alternative explanation as well. Uh, yeah, Marlene gave him exactly zero point four six seconds to cover the baby's ears, and he had guns in his hand, and he had a backpack, and he had a baby, and. 
She just fucking walks high, in there and blows yeah, him away. Yeah, or blows do you have her a little high-pressure situation with the baby there, the big bad firefly? Firefly man going to kill little kids later on. Oh, he can't, he can't juggle a baby and cover his ear. Oh, he's under so much stress. When do you think the last time this guy firefly. held a baby was? Huh? Huh? This guy's never held a baby. He's worried yes, about crushing they're, they're, it. He's they're worried precious about in this it. world more than anything. Yeah, so he doesn't want to drop it. He doesn't want to smash its head into goo. I, I agree with him. And she doesn't give thought, him any time. No, she gives no, him no, no. If he thought he could boom. smash that baby's head to goo and get away with it, he fucking would. But he doesn't have the moral <laughs> mandate. All he can do is expose its ears to gunfire, and that's that's uh-huh. enough for that sadistic son of a bitch in this moment. <laughs> Apparently, it did zero damage. Ellie's hearing is fine. So, no worse for wear. We don't know uh, that. She could have been fucking post-apocalyptic daredevil, and now she's just normal. Oh, that's okay? true. She could have had that cordyceps hearing. We don't know she what could have her, been a clicker. That's a human right. clicker hybrid. That's right. And this guy <laughs> fucked it up because he's a sadist. All right. Let's come back to 2023 where Joel is trying to cheer up a despondent Ellie with Chef Boyardee, Boggle, and Guitar Lessons. As you, out the as you might imagine, not having much luck there. Uh, Although yeah. she does love Chef Poirot, and what kid wouldn't want to learn how to play guitar? It's kind of cool. Yeah, especially from Pedro Pascal. He's your cool mm-hmm. uncle. Um, I yeah, this is this is this is just like the video game, right? You know, like uh, when you're playing and like Ellie, because I I recall correctly, Joel, you're kind of like this in the game too. Like you you know you find a yeah. issue of Savage Starlight, and you say, hey, look, Ellie, I found you a Savage Starlight. She's like, oh oh, that's cool. And it's just like, it's just not the same. Like, you are now trying mm-hmm. to be the clown. And 17 hours ago, you wanted to strangle this fucking girl because she's always doing stupid shit and trying to get you killed. And now you just want to try to get a smile out of her, right? Yeah. Um, and the way those roles are reversed, it used to be Ellie whipping open the pun book and trying to get right. Joel to crack a smile. Now she's With no the response. The and yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, he keeps on, you know, he's constantly looking back at her, trying to steal glances, trying to check up on her, make sure she's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with good reason. Uh, she yeah. she is, she feels very different in these scenes. And yeah, uh, Bella does detached, a great job. Distracted. They do great with the sound design where she's just literally in her own world. And, mm-hmm. you know, Joel has to like shout to get her attention. Yep. Uh, and then we're, they walk through the city for a bit. They run across an obstacle. So they decide to get through a building, climb a skyscraper, uh, and feed a giraffe, which cheers Ellie up pretty good. Joel sees her happy and gives her one last chance to back out before he takes her to the fireflies. But she says, we've come too far. It has to be for something. It can't be for nothing. There's an open question from our instant talk about the what Joel st- says here about the luck of these people that uh, the, the military dropped bombs all around, not one demolishing the building they're supposed to hit. Did you, I think I got a good answer for that. Did you come up with one? Best I can come up with is that this cheating is supposed to indicate some kind of quarantine that they were trying to bomb. Uh, Cause there were a lot of infected in this building and they just fucking missed. I don't know. I don't know. I thought they're talking about the hospital would be the epicenter that they're trying to bomb because that would be a collection of like sick people and there's this all this rubble surround the thing the one thing they're trying to get to and yeah. he's like say making an ironic thing is like they're trying you know they this ripped this giant moat 
Yeah, mm-hmm. and then they hit everything except for the one thing they were probably trying to destroy. And I, I feel like that probably yeah. makes sense, but... Boy, uh, really have to stop and think about that one. You do. You do. Um, I like the... Like, I think they, they played this like the video game, too, where, you know, she, she does the ladder boost and... She drops the ladder. I think it's like it's exactly like this where she drops the ladder and it triggers you of like, you know, she's yelling and she's, you know, like, oh, my God, what is she going to get into? She's out of my sight. She's running ahead and you are so worried about her. And then you get to this, you know, because this this happens almost immediately after the David sequence in the in the game time, like it Mm -hmm. flashes the back and then you go to here um, and you run up and there's the fucking giraffes. Uh I'm I'm glad to see that most people that this worked in the context of the series as well as it did in the game. Like it was just this kind of like brief moment of maybe things are going to be okay. Uh huh. Yeah, the you get to see worth there's and there's still some light in Ellie. You know, it's it's not hopeless for her. She is not completely broken. Yeah. Um. And you know, Joel follows this up with the one-two punch of, "Hey, here's a beautiful just." just just a beautiful moment um with giraffes and an innocent moment like like things used to be before last episode um and then he follows that up with and also here's the story of the time when i experienced this and how i reacted and what changed for me uh which is you um yeah this this scene we're about to get to with the medical camp is one of my favorites in the, the episode I, I like the reprise of episode two, or, you know, from on top of the state building where it's like, you know, you can't deny yeah. the view. I thought that was really nice. A nice book in for the, the, the adventure, the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of the what do you think of the CG on the giraffe? Uh, I thought it was really good. I didn't have any problems with it. That's a real giraffe. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I saw that might explain I, why I thought I it was I saw so some good. people talking shit about the like it didn't look real or it looked uh, artificial uh, or something like this. And uh I I thought so too. I thought it was a CG giraffe and it did look a little weird to me. Uh hmm. but there's tons of pictures uh, like on Instagram of the, you know, um apparently the giraffe, Bella and Pedro are the only real things on that entire thing. They are standing in front of a green railing. The giraffe mm-hmm. is in a green box. And I think that's when I, I kept on watching. Like, why does this giraffe not passing the sniff test? And I think it's because it's got green tint. Like you can actually see the green like really? tint that you get. You know, sometimes uh, when uh-huh. we're doing green screen work and you sit too close to a green screen, you start the, it changes color. Mm-hmm. I think there there is a, there is the whiff of green screen compositing to this giraffe you need a pretty big sound stage to shoot a giraffe without any splash of of your green screen and i think that because of the aperture that it had to like lean in here like i, I just think it's like because of the way they needed to do this artificial set it just yeah it mm-hmm. uh is casting the wrong a little bit of the wrong kind of light i don't have any problems with it um yeah i i i didn't see so I, both times that I was watching this I was looking down taking notes as this giraffe kind of walks away do they show it with other giraffes or is it yeah. just a yeah, single giraffe like a okay. of like four giraffes because I remembered they, in the game they up. did and and yeah. I didn't see that in show I was like why wouldn't they do that but sounds like they did yeah and I love how 
even though there is not literally from Joel's POV, that it is from Joel's POV. Like we're watching Joel watch Ellie. We don't watch the giraffe. Yes. We're watching, and that's like the quintessential parent experience is when you're doing stuff with your kid. You're not soaking in the thing that you're soaking into. Like if you take them to the mm-hmm. Grand Canyon, you're only partially experiencing the Grand Canyon. You're experiencing your child experiencing the Grand Canyon. That's the sure. overwhelming input. And I liked how they captured that. Like it's true to the video game that like everything is processed through Joel's reaction to Ellie and mm-hmm. he's smiling and kind of tearing up because she's smiling and I, lo- I love that and on the giraffe thing I like that it joins back up with what you assume is its family right because uh, you've got a couple you've got a big one you got a smaller one at least in the game like I said I didn't see in the show but uh, yeah I, I like that because we're we're talking about what is now a family Joel and Ellie are a family uh, and this, these dialogues are all crucial to like your moral calculus for the end because like Ellie, yes. it's so I, I thought it was so interesting on the subsequent watchings that Ellie's formulating. It's like, hey, um, after all we've been through and all the people that we've lost, this can't be for nothing. Mm-hmm. We've got to see this through to the end. We've got to finish this. And you're thinking, well, Marlene's right. Like if they had asked Ellie, she would have been gung ho about it. And they hit but that then, again at the very end. You know, she mentions Tess. She mentions, yeah. But but then she also, after that, says, and then when we're done, we'll go wherever you want, and I'll follow you wherever you go. Mm-hmm. Implying that, like, Ellie is not even considering that this is a terminal ending. Now, right. I'm probably, like, 97% sure she's still, like, if you explained her the option, um, that she would still go for it. But, mm-hmm. like... That I, I felt like this dialogue gives a little bit of wiggle room in that moral. It's like, well, yeah, she's all for seeing this to the end, but she also sees a future for herself. You can't uh-huh. necessarily just say that she's going to be fine with this. Yeah, and I think that's why we talked about the choice um, there being taken from her, not just by Joel when he lies to her, but by Marlene mm-hmm. also when yeah. she does not. She she leaves out important information, right? Yeah. And uh, I'll have more to say when we get to that point, but I'm just yeah. like this. This dialogue is really setting up the you know the the ammunition for and against this this decision. Yeah, and it does it on both sides, and I, I love that. I love that it's not going to give you an easy out to say this is what I think Ellie would have wanted uh, for sure. Yeah. All right, let's go down to the medical camp uh, because that's where Joel and Ellie go. They. Uh, Joel tells her the story of how he lost his hearing in one ear, which is the story of how he tried to kill himself the day after he lost Sarah, but he couldn't go through with it, and how Ellie has helped him heal. As they walk on, some people sneak up and knock them out. Yeah, I that's uh, <laughs> that's that's the scene. I don't know if there's any more to add. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's it's an amazing scene. I, I just love this line so much where Joel is saying in his very Joel way, you're the thing that has made life worth living again. Yeah. And it took me 20 years of living in that state of like that state of loss, that state of damage. Yeah. And here you are bringing me back out of it finally. Yeah. And he doesn't have to say any of that. He can just say it's not time that did it. Uh, and and I love that. I love it. And is is Joel thinking or maybe hoping that he can be that for Ellie in these scenes as well? 
Uh, I don't think I didn't take it for that. He, if if so, that's woof, that's an awful lot of pressure to put on a child totally. as a parent. But I think it's more of like you never know. Mm-hmm. You you keep living and put one foot in front of the other because you never know when you are going to find that spark. Like you know, Bill never knew that he was going to find Frank. Uh, Joel never knew he's going to find Ellie. Ellie has no idea who and what lies in her future that is going mm-hmm. to, you know, will she have to wait 20 years to find something that makes it all worthwhile? But like Joel um, is trying to, I think at the other end, uh, you know, at the experience of, of wisdom and a, of a life lived that like I went through 20 years of shit. And I'm telling you right now that I'm glad I did. I'm glad that I didn't yeah. skip all of the pain, all of the loss, all of the stuff, you know, because now the now way I, I, I the, the way I feel now right here makes makes it worth it. And I think that's yeah. a great lesson to try to teach your child that like, you know, <laughs> don't make rash decisions when things are bad because yeah. you never know when things are good again and and you'll never know what you miss if you don't stick around. Yeah, and I love um you know, an especially perceptive teenager, Ellie here, thinking mm-hmm. she knows exactly what he's saying. And when he says that line, it wasn't time that did it. It it kind of blows her mind. She she didn't realize, I think, how much she meant to Joel over the course of this journey they've been on. And here yeah. he's saying it without saying it exactly. This, but this is them saying, I love you to each other. Like uh-huh. it wasn't time that did it, and then I'm glad that didn't work out. That is them saying right. I love you for the first time to each other. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and it's why literally it was such a big moment for me. And the relationship is literally about to come to an end. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's so good. It's the perfect time for them to be telling each other how much they mean to each other because then yeah. they both have hard things to do coming up. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, when you, you know, like the... I, I, I'm certain no one saw this coming. Like, right as Ellie is bringing out the joke book and they're busting chops, boom, flashbang. And then suddenly mm-hmm. Ellie's being drugged, screaming from Joel. Joel can't do shit about it. And as his senses are collecting, he gets butt in the head with a rifle. And then when he wakes up, he's going to be in hell. It's another one of those uh, failure moments for him. You know, yeah. As he's laying there, yeah. writhing around, hearing Ellie shout his name, it's he's probably thinking again. It, again. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. And I can do nothing. I can do nothing. I'm helpless. Mm-hmm. All right. Joel wakes up in the hospital um, to find Marlene there, and Ellie's being prepped for surgery. Which Marlene explains is a procedure to cut out her brain and replicate the thing inside it that makes Cordyceps think that she's one of them. Uh, Joel is obviously not cool with that. So Marlene orders a couple of her armed guards to walk him out. We'll kind of stay there for a second. It makes Cordyceps think that she's Cordyceps too. I, again, I do not. That, I, you know, I, I never talked to this over with um, a scientist or a mycologist or a surgeon. And I already noticed that we've got in feedback several people claiming to be those things. I saw mm-hmm. many people talking about this on like TikTok and Twitter. It seems like the scientific community is very skeptical about uh, this theory and about how you would go like, you know, and I guess in the game they have like journals and things implying that they have studied some of this and maybe they were just looking for 
the first person that would have it and they were you know that was the final piece and they're ready to go but sure. still like it flies in the face of all good science to immediately again within hours of getting this girl to be like yep scrub her up rip off the top of her head let's get this brain out mm-hmm. it's just so fucking insane and then when you go with like oh well it's hijacking the signaling system and make them think they're cordyceps what's the evidence of that because i've been with this girl throughout the whole fucking country literally and every time there's been a mushroom she's been attacked without exception she scans as if she's infected the one piece of evidence you can say to the contrary is that fucking dog and jackson and who the hell knows i just like i feel I feel like the story they're telling me is that these Firefly, this Firefly guy is like a Joseph Mingala type that Uh he's a doctor. Sure. But a little bit of a mad doctor that's Mm -hmm. gone drunk with power and no one telling him no because of their unique position. I, I, that's what I'm getting from this guy. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, it definitely strikes me as a little bit, uh, reckless let's say with your only specimen here to just kill it and see what you can learn after the fact and if you're going to do that i don't understand why i I, well i think i answered my own question marlene had no idea she'd be dealing with this out of joel oh yeah definitely not but like that's so foolish to think that well i haven't seen joel in like four five six months uh i'm sure this ellie girl's been a pain in his ass this whole time and he's ready to get rid of her and like boy she really misunderstood joel i'm trying to Mm -hmm. think back like if boston joel would be fine with just handing over a girl to the fireflies to be butchered i think so i mean i look at the um yeah he's pretty (laughs) the way he handles child corpses without any emotion whatsoever yeah Uh, he's not affected in the same ways that Tess was by that stuff so yeah I I think he would have but he's changed that's the thing Marlene did not think he would change over the course of this journey maybe thought it would take less time too for him to get there Um, if they can find a truck right because she thought oh they'll have our truck and they'll drive here and it'll be a few like maybe two weeks and then Yeah, that'll be that. He won't have time to bond with this girl. But boy, over the yeah. four or five months, it's been. It's different. But they're like, I think that she made two mistakes. Number one, this whole like, hey, we didn't even tell her there wasn't any fear. She isn't in any pain like that. It's such a mm-hmm. I don't know why she thought that's a comfort because that just sounds horrifying to me. That's, that makes it even worse. Mm-hmm. Like that. You just uh, put her to sleep and her. She's just never going to wake up and she has no idea. She has that like, to me. That's like. That adds a like a patheticness to the horror to it as well, you know. Yeah, but no fear on Ellie's part. No, no stress. No worry. I is that I for Ellie or is that to me? That seems for the Fireflies. They don't want be. that on their conscience. They want to tell themselves that this this girl is a hero and she would obviously want this because that's what we want her to want and that's what we need her to want so that we feel like I again. If they need, I I felt like if they had if they had taken this like if the game had spent several weeks at this facility where Ellie's suddenly going through testing and like the doctors are very friendly and supportive and talking about like you know how brave they are for doing this and and are doing tests and you know Ellie's thinking like oh we're gonna you know another who knows Joel another day or two or a week we're gonna get to get out of here and then they sit Joel and her down 
and say like hey here's the thing like we've been looking at all the other alternatives but like this is literally the only way to go forward with the therapy and here's all the research and slides and if Joel goes on a rampage after then after Ellie says yes I want to do this it's a completely different situation and I'm struggling to think of like what but why why didn't it go down that way and the only two answers are either well the game would make sense or the fireflies are crazy Mm-hmm. And I refuse to think that like, well, the game's just bullshit. It's just a bogus. So I, I take it that the fireflies are crazy and uh... fireflies are focused on their goal at whatever cost. Um, and Marlena. So, so I like adding the well, stuff with Anna at the beginning because it makes this choice feel more impactful for Marlene. Cause I didn't know who Marlene was to yeah. Ellie before this. But apparently she was her mother's best friend, uh, known since, like, grew up together. Um, There had to be a lot of affection there. There obviously was in those scenes. And this it makes it harder. And so when she's like, you know, I'm the only one who understands, A, I don't think that's necessarily true. But B, I think she believes that she has ownership over this, this parental relationship. It, it, as it's much as Joel like a, does more than Joel does I think more because mm, um, I was the first yeah yeah I was the first I've been with I for 14 years I've been watching over her you've been with her for five months don't tell me about like the sacrifice that I'm making here as a parent I but she's been yeah, distant I, right like to me this was the second totally, crucial totally. flaw to try to make an equivalence between her experience with ellie and joel's experience and almost like not only that i'm even more so that was the mm-hmm. stupidest thing in the world um but she doesn't know what they've been through i mean it's 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 a partially coming from ignorance about the journey that they've been on but it's mm-hmm. also it's very misplaced yeah I, I think like the idea that she can be this girl's only parent and the fact that she gave her to fedra which Maybe that kept her safe, but it also kept her distant. Like you said, it kept her from having to bear the responsibility of being Ellie's actual mom. Yeah. If Um, she was watching, it was from an extreme distance. It felt to me like she spent the bare minimum time to get Ellie into this orphanage, and then she checked out. Like, she, you know, wasn't making sure she's getting birthday presents. There was, like, it was just, you know... In fact, the only reason their they, their paths crossed is because you know one of her fledgling soldiers fell in love with Ellie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it rings false to me. I think it's supposed to, but it it's what Marlene is feeling in that moment. As, as that's somebody what I'm saying, who like feels the, responsible for this. Kid. The Fireflies didn't consider even if they're even if I grant that the cause is righteous and this is all possible. Because, like I said, there's. I think there's 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 three parts of this litmus test. It was like, was is it possible to get a cure? Is it possible for these fireflies to get a cure? And then what if if that's the possibility, then like what is the best way to manage the human factors that you have success? Because a lot of people like, well, they couldn't risk Ellie saying no. I'm like, what's the risk? You have a hospital filled with armed guards against one dude and a girl who are presumably mm-hmm. at this point unarmed. So like now you can't with a clean conscience do what you're going to do, but like, you can't do that anyway. 
Right. Well, you shouldn't be able to, but clearly the fireflies are like, that's the thing. Like, like there's something bloodless about these fucks that they're convinced in the righteousness mm-hmm. of their cause. They're convinced in the correctness so much that, but, but they're not, that's the thing is like, if they were really that righteous, they would give the girl the choice. And then if she says no, be like, well, I'm sorry, honey, we're going to murder you anyway, because you are too, that your brain's too important to let you keep to yourself. And then, like I said, carry that weight, carry that weight that you murdered this girl and her father to potentially save humanity. And also, like, maybe that gives you pause. Maybe we do need to study a little bit more. Maybe we do need to do this. Maybe we do need to do that. Because, like, if you do this and then you fuck it up and you don't have a cure, mm-hmm. well, what the hell? I, I, yeah. Watch out for that fungus. We'll be right back with more Savage Starlight. Commission podcasts are an awesome feature here at Bald Move that allows you, the individual listener, to decide what we talk about for a single podcast. The community loves it because it often leads to fun fan-favorite films and TV shows that we've overlooked getting the coverage they deserve. And we love it because we're constantly exposed to great stuff that's not even on our radar. The way it works is simple. You go to support.baldmove.com and you click on commissions. Then you pay the flat rate for the commission and tell us what two-ish hours of content you'd like us to make podcasts on. Then we'll contact you for details, advanced feedback, and any dedications you'd like to make. Then we watch the thing, discuss the thing, turn it into a podcast, and pump it right into your ears. We get consistently great feedback on how much our commissioners love their podcast, and they make great gifts for the dedicated Bald Move fan in your life. And who knows, that dedicated fan could even be you. Treat yourself. Check out support.baldmove.com for more info. Since the dawn of time, we've been putting clothes on our back that identify us with our people, our group, our tribe. And why Bald Move might be one of the smallest, weirdest tribes out there, transcending all concepts of border, class, culture, and creed, we still have respect for the old ways. At support.baldmove.com, you can get t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more. We have something for every one of our podcasts, or just wear the four pips of the Bald Move logo with pride. Bald Move merch beats running around naked, and they make a great gift for the Bald Move fan in your life. Join our tribe! Head over to support.baldmove.com and click on merch to start shopping. We found something to fight for. This podcast. Welcome back to Savage Starlight. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I guess I, I don't completely agree with the assessment of the calculation the Fireflies are doing. I think Marlene's like, I don't... Do, do, why do I need to put a choice to this child? Why do I need to cause her the stress? Why do I need her to go through that when the outcome is inevitable? I'm, whether she says yes or no, we're going to do it anyway. Why give her, why give her this false choice? Was what's the point? That's causing her more pain. Uh there. But that's that. There, there. It's about spare. I think it's more about sparing them because the pain to Ellie, whatever pain partial, and fear yeah. that Ellie's going to go through is going to be very temporary, and saving humanity is going to be forever. But like. Mm. I mean, what's the point of respecting people's bodily autonomy? I mean, again, I, I understand if, if you're, you're not saying. going you're to asking, in the end. 
it's like asking for volunteers and then if you don't volunteer we're going to pick three people at random right to go down in chernobyl and turn off the reactor or whatever well, it's do. like it's like if there are three people standing there and you ask for volunteers we need three volunteers and then they all say no and you say well you're going anyway i well like i said i i think that yeah, it's, it it's, makes, it's you're all going <laughs> i think it's a more it's a more noble and authentic thing to give the person a choice hoping that they will volunteer because they could and then it's like no then it's there's no moral ethical problems at all you've explained the person you've explained to the risk and they're saying sure, you sure. know i'm i'm voluntarily give up my life so many people have given it up for me to get here like and i i think i think ellie even if it's his stupid crazy nazi medical research i i still think that ellie goes along with it right because she's I, I not so. smart enough to distinguish distinguish uh fact from fraud right mm-hmm. but like it just i just i don't know it just lets these fireflies off the hook in a way that i don't like you know they're presuming they're they mm. essentially get the the presume that heroic i could see them like if this all works which i don't think it will building a, a statue to ellie and all and like what a bunch of hup- hypocritical shit that would be you know i mean i guess it lets them off the hook of having to think of themselves ha- as murderers to... Hmm. I guess um, Marlene does say like to Joel later, you know what her choice would have been. So Marlene is definitely like leaning into the idea that Ellie would have certainly chosen it no matter what. But they were certain they would have asked, right? Well, well, that's that's what I'm saying. You're right. That is a that is a way to lessen the blow for themselves. Yeah, it's nothing. It has nothing to do with Ellie. That, but they, it's, it's convenient the, the that line. they can cloak it with like, "Oh, we're sparing Ellie." This no, you're sparing yourself. Right. Yeah, yeah. What they really do is sparing sparing themselves, and and maybe you know partially sparing Ellie, but that's not why they do it. Sure, sure. Anyway, um, but like I said, that's the two mistakes. I think they didn't they didn't uh, even try to manage the Joel and Ellie aspect of it, and I think Marlene was just particularly ill-suited to manage the Joel aspect of it because her trying to draw a false equivalence and then even a superiority morally over Joel, just like you can kind of see his resolve stiffen throughout everything that she's saying that's supposed to make him more at ease and everything she's saying is kind of like prodding the bull. It just, I don't know. I, I, I The more I think about it, the more I think that 99% of the blame for what goes down in this hospital is the Fireflies organization. Mm. Uh, and they're a bunch of, uh, you know, there's a bunch of, they're a bunch of zealots. So I, that, that makes sense. Sure. All right. Joel's walked most of the way out of the hospital before he finds an opportunity to jump his escorts. He goes on a murder spree, killing his way to the operating room and taking a passed out Ellie from the doctor's. Yeah, I. Uh, it's funny because I last night I was watching more of the Ken. I've been trying to get through this Ken Burns Vietnam documentary, and uh, I was on episode four, eight last night. So it's late in the war. Most of the soldiers kind of know that like this, they're not there to win it anymore. They're being actively drawn down, um, and yet they're still being asked to do these offensive combat patrols. And as one of these soldiers uh, was talking about, like, you know, he'd always thought bravery was like, you know, you're being actively taken fire. Like you're at the you're on the boats at Normandy and and the ramps about to go down. You can already hear the machine gun fire splattering the outside of the door. Um, 
you know, that like you'd be in a foxhole and people are charging at you, you have to shoot at them. He's like, I never thought that it would be like it would take an immense amount of courage to put on your boots and walk out of a camp into a countryside. Because, like, just walking, like, every day, people would step on landmines or people would be ambushing. And it's like, you're just in this, like, but it's like just making those steps. Um, I, this analogy of like being put under for a surgery and you're like, one of these things is kind of unreal. But he's describing kind of like this unreal dream like reality of like, even though I don't see any point of this, uh, I, I'm still doing it because I'm supposed to. I feel like that was Joel walking down the steps of that hospital. Like, you can mm-hmm. tell that he's like, I am being told to do this thing, and I'm supposed to do this thing, and this is probably even the noble thing, but, like, I just can't do it. And he he failed that that gut check and just lashed out like he does. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, the conflict in Joel is all over these next few scenes. Um and Pedro's it's, it's just like powerful. the way you can see him like unraveling and detaching and like coming to that like it's yeah. not just a decision but also it's a decision to do something and when to do it like where is the exact moment you know where do I have the maximum advantage and yeah going back to fireflies why the fuck are these firefly guys so aggressive and assholes you know like if you'd have just sent three unarmed dudes <laughs> out with Joel and mm-hmm. been like, you know, with your arms around his shoulder and be like, man, this must be really rough. Uh, I really sympathize. You want to get a drink or something like, but they're just like being maximum assholes. You know, they saw Marlene talk about how much they owe him and they're treating him like, uh, like, like, a, I don't know, a common criminal. It just feels like everything they did was, was calculated to make Joel snap in the way he did. And it just seems so stupid. Hmm. To me, it sounds like you are invested in the Fireflies being assholes at all moments. Uh, I, I think this is exactly how you walk did out you, somebody who you, you know is not going to Did you listen to the Instant Take podcast? Yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm highly investiga- invested in in making me burning these people alive to death. I, I'm very invested uh-huh, in making uh-huh. that a correct moral decision. Yes. That was fun. You cracked the code. I, I did. But I do that. think. Do you, do, you not, do, you think I'm, do you think I'm crazy here? Like I, I, I think you have to deal with a guy like this. They know who Joel is. They, they know what a guy like that had to do to survive. You either shoot him, trip. or you treat him with some that, kind of mistake. something approaching respect. That's a mistake. Fucking shoot him. Like if, if you don't, yeah, Marlene's biggest mistake here is not shooting Joel in the head. Yeah, yeah. And it comes back to bite her. You know, it's a huge mistake. Obviously, Fireflies fucked it up. I'm glad we can come. <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh, agreement yeah, on this. yeah. Uh and and this is like wow. Uh this is a big moment for Joel, right? Like I said in the instant take, this is the moment where you see the guy that everybody's been talking about. Uh but it's mm. some from such a twisted perspective, right? Because the guy that everybody's been talking about, the Joel is, is a guy who kills callously, um, who will do bad things to survive. Mm-hmm. And this here is not exactly that it's him doing those things, but for a very different reason. And I, I love how that has been twisted up by the end of this. Yeah, there's, um, I think there's telling a great story here too, of like, there's doing a lot of things like Joel shooting. a guy through the frosted glass. I thought was another nod towards the, the stealth vision that you can go into the hearing vision, 
And they just yeah. stole the story of Joel is just more determined and righteous. Like these fireflies are like a lot of more firing panicky, like just holding their guns around the corner. And Joel's like stepping into that corridor and mm -hmm. aiming and taking shots. And, you know, they, they made this like I saw a lot of people like, well, the thing like there was people trying to surrender and Joel killed him anyway. Uh -huh. I'm like, and, and, he's, he's and I'm time like, for prisoners. This yeah. Is, what, what the fuck? He's going to do yeah. that guy that's putting him uh, uh, assault rifle down at his feet. Can't like, turn your back to him. You cannot. You cannot. You can mm. take. Well, you're going to take a prisoner. Joel's going to lead a train <laughs> right? of six dudes. Like it's no. Uh -huh. Like if the decision is to save Ellie or not, and then once you make that decision, are you actually going to do it? Yeah. Because taking prisoners is essentially saying I'm not actually trying to save Ellie. I'm just playing at it. And I'm and even on the official podcast is like I I thought they might try to sugar like, but they're like no. Joel has there is that's not a decision. Like taking prisoners. Mm -hmm. And tying people up like it, like he spared the nurses because in his eyes, those people weren't a threat at all. They weren't military people. They were right. scared out of their mind. They weren't armed. Um, even then, that was kind of a ballsy thing to turn his back on those people with as committed as they were to their vision. Um, yeah, he makes them turn around so they can't see when he turns his back. But yes, right, I mean, right. it, it, that, that's the thing. There are so many layers to this choice and, and moments where Joel has to make these sort of micro choices within this larger choice right. that he's making. Um, and to me, like killing the doctor is one of those moments. And it's it's made in a split second, right? He does not hesitate in the slightest to kill this doctor. Uh, that should be a moment that gives you great face. pause. Yeah. Yeah. If if you think there is hope for a cure, because this guy this might be the only guy who can who even has an idea of what's going on, um, right? And an idea of how to proceed uh, with a cure. But like Joel makes that choice before then. The thing that really sticks out to me is when he's in the elevator on the way down to the parking garage. Oh, I know the way he looks at Ellie, and in my mind, he's like going okay i've made this choice for this girl at a huge cost for humanity i cannot let her know that i've made this choice for her how am i going to proceed from here how do i keep her from ever knowing that i've made this choice for her because she's in a she's in a fucking hospital gown she was put under for a surgical procedure that never yep. happened what is she going to think when she wakes up he's yeah. He's calculating all the things you that I have see to do. All of that on his face, like I, like, right? like she's this, this was she's so worth it. This was so worth it. Mm -hmm. How am I going to convince her of this? How am I going to make yeah. her? See How do I make that, my that decision right? stick? Yes, is the thing. yes, yeah. And it's... how can I continue to protect her? Sure, sure. Because if I tell her the truth and she walks right back into her. the hospital, then like I've what? What the hell have I done? Right, right. So and yeah, you it, could... it's such a good moment. And you could turn that around as like, well, is that really Joel trying to protect Ellie? Or is it Joel trying to protect himself? And yeah, no, yeah, you're. And, and what exactly what would she right. want is in there too, right? Like Marlene's going to put this to him in in very specific words here in a second. But like, yes, is this actually what she would want? Would she want yeah. me to save her in this moment, or would she make the choice to get cut open? Um, yeah. All that is going into this one look, and it's amazing how well the writing and the acting come together in that moment to just say everything you need to say. I thought the way they filmed it was really great. Like this, the you know this this could be a crowning moment of awesome, where it's like you know that's this is this is a commando, right? 
You've got mm-hmm. a father who's trying to get his daughter from bad men, and he's just going to mow down wave after wave, and it's going to be badass, right? Yeah. This is filmed a lot like the shower scene in The Rock, where you've got you know the Michael Baines Navy SEALs getting cut down by mm-hmm. uh, the Man in Black's uh, Army Ranger Corps or whatever, and it's like <laughs> sure. it's filmed in slow motion with very sad music and emphasis on people dying screaming, and... Uh, it's it feels sad uh the music's profoundly sad the way these people are begging for their life and you know they're just dying screaming at the hands of joel's at the tips of joel's blades and bullets and Mm -hmm. there's even something pathetic about the pediatric wing that joel's going through this like bombed out hospital with flickering lights but there's these garish images of this cartoon elephant that's smiling with flowers and there's baby storks and there's all these things that are designed to comfort children and this Mm -hmm this instrument of death is walking past them. It just, I, I think it, it just all really, really worked of selling the tragedy of it all. Yeah. And then, like you said, that elec- the, the elevator ride just pff, caps it all off. Right. Uh, let's oh, go. Wait, yeah. just before we leave East, uh, uh, an Easter egg, um, there was some, a cameo, the, the, the primary nurse, the one that the cameras is looking at the most, uh, the one that actually does the unhooking. That is the voice actor of a very prominent character in season two. Uh, I want to say hmm. they actually name her. They actually name him in the. It's just a person's name. It's not that big of a spoiler. But you know what? I'm gonna try to keep it a little bit extra pure. Um, the people who played The Last of Us two know what I'm talking about. Uh, can certainly look it I up. But I, I thought that was. Yeah. I thought that was cool. I thought that was pretty cool that uh, they're working overtime trying to get. Uh, uh, this, these voice actors uh, parts, even even if they could only do a little bit, maybe she'll have a bigger role next year. Yeah, we'll see. All right, in the parking garage, Marlene finds Joel and tells him that he's making a huge mistake. Uh, she tries to talk him into helping her find a way to save the world, and then we cut to Joel driving down the hall, the highway, um, and we realize very quickly when we see Ellie that he chose to take her away. Um, he lies to Ellie, telling her that the Fireflies gave up the search for the cure, and we see that he also killed Marlene during the escape. Yeah, and here's where it uh, all, all goes down. The whole, it wasn't for you to decide, it wasn't for you to decide either. I think that I've been trying to find other opinions. I've not seen anything that sways me. Maybe you can at tlu@baldmove.com. That what Marlene says here, like that they they engineered a situation where Joel could not give Ellie a choice. Mm-hmm. This wasn't a situation where it's like, well, I think we should ask. I don't think we should. Well, it's like, you know, it's it's uh, we're going to take Ellie's choice, and you either can stop us or not. And mm-hmm. there's also like because they, they Marlene. So the situation is, Joel's killed a hospital full of people, including the doctor who was, you know, when she says our doctor, she didn't say our team of doctors who have been studying this. She says our doctor's got this plan. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He's murdered that person. I don't know if Marlene knows that or not. I don't think the choice, she's presenting it as if it's not, she's telling us it's not too late. Mm -hmm. Even now, you can still turn around and do the right thing. I don't believe her. I don't believe her. I think this is Firefly fanaticism. I think it, the second that doctors, does he? Joel, he wouldn't lie to Ellie about it if he believed that it was too late for Ellie to go back on his choice. Well, 
So, so at least in part, Joel might he believe it's too it. late, but Joel might believe that Ellie would still run off at a hospital on a uh, just just to see. Yeah, and it might be say. I mean, part of the lie that he tells her at the end is is to save her from the guilt that she would have over you know the choice that he made. Right. Yeah. Like I said, Joel's choice is only really righteous if you believe that the fireflies had no hope. Um, which I think that's an easy sure, bar. Sure. Um, and also that Joel couldn't have done anything else other than let the fireflies kill her. And that since he had to do those and there's no other way that like Ellie would feel, yeah, like you said, guilt responsibility for the decision that he made. And he's trying mm-hmm. to absolve her of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it's more protector in an emotional so, way. Now, just as we interrogated the fireflies when they're like, hey, you know, she felt no pain. Uh, she's no, no experience, no fear. Is this actually for Ellie's protection or is it more for Joel to continue preserving the relationship that they've had? Is he telling her to protect her? Is he telling her to protect, not telling her to protect himself? I guess is what I'm asking. Um, It can be both, I think. <laughs> like, like I said, there are so many layers to this decision. When he right, like I said, the, the, choice I don't think the, the fireflies degrees. weren't lying when they're saying we're trying to spare her fear and pain. But mm-hmm. I don't think that's that's not the reason that they did that. The, I don't think Joel's lying when he's trying to spare uh, the Ellie the okay. pain either. So yeah, it's probably a little bit of of both. But which do you think it's more? Uh, hmm. I don't know. I don't have a good... I, I'm not going to be able to give you a percentage <laughs> on each of those. All I will right. say it's a mix. And and yeah, the, I understand from these scenes that they the, it is a little bit of a coward's way out to yeah. not tell Ellie what's going on. Yeah. But it also makes it less stressful for her. Yeah, and there's also the fact that she's a minor child. You know, she's 14. Um, in the real world, Joel, if he was her... A father or a guardian would have a lot of say in her medical care. Like I was trying to think of like if my son fell in with a cult, like if my son decided he wanted to go off and join the Scientologist or join the Moonies or something. Like mm-hmm. I might, phys- I might bodily stop him. I might, you know, I might like uh, mm-hmm. take him to a cult deprogramming thing or something against their, their will, especially if he's like fourteen or fifteen. Um, I don't know. Is that it's violating tough because Marlene's his, like, her mom, right? Um, she for all well, intents and purposes. she's her uh, she's her absent mother who now wants to turn her over to Nazi medical doctors. But sure, yeah, sure, sure. I, yeah, I agree. Not like the been the most present of moms. Um, yeah, but she, you know, has taken on a she has taken on a promise in the way that Joel has taken on a promise, and she's willing to break that promise. Joel is not. Uh. So yeah, I, I I don't know. It's it's murky, and I, that's the thing I love about the end of this game and I'll the end agree of the show is the decisions are all very tough ones to make. There is no clear, obvious do this and everything will be all right. Yeah. Um, no, I all agree. the paths are blocked. All the paths are like you have to cut through a building and climb a tower to see the way forward. You know. It is extremely murky. I think there's ways they could have told the story to eliminate some of the murk, but clearly they intended the murk to be there. A hundred percent. And, it the, works and here's another. It. Here's a fourth way to look at it. Who had the most unencumbered choice that they could have made? 
and I think it's clear that the Fireflies are the ones that had the primary choice, and the choice they made was terrible. Like mm-hmm. they made with no with with completely unforced errors, they made tons and tons of mistakes in how they handled the situation and how they you know, approach to seriousness of the choice. So like Joel, you can argue that he made bad choices, but he made, he made those bad choices standing on the shoulders of truly terrible choices that weren't encumbered by anything else, Mm -hmm. you know, other than I guess the fact that the world is a a fungus hell and you don't have state of the art research centers and, you know, tons of doctors to go like, like, you know, but they, they made all those decisions. Like Joel was knocked out. Ellie was knocked out. They could have ran that table and done whatever they wanted. But the end result is, I think mostly their fault and just a chain of causality of nothing else. And fuck those. Yeah, the, thing, the thing that I like about the show here is it's, it's even better in these terms than the game is uh, because you don't have as much backstory in the game. Um, you don't get the scenes with Hannah at the beginning of, you know, the but between Ellie killing David and Joel making this choice, you don't know anything about the mom. You don't know anything about Marlene's actual real connection to Ellie here yeah. and what it might mean to her. And so when she, she says something like, it, so because we have that context and she says something like, I'm the only one who understands you, you can almost buy it. And I, and I think that's enough for the, for the show to do what it's trying to do here. Uh, whereas the game Marlene can be more detached from it and the choice can be easier for her. And I think it, it only adds to the decisions that everyone makes here to know how much Ellie's mom meant to her, if not Ellie herself. And, and how much that promise that she made would have meant to her. So good on them for every time they add something to this show, I, I, I feel like it is it is a success. Yeah, I was actually worried that they were going to do something different that like, you know, that Neil was going to put his thumb on one side of scale or another or maybe make me like, ah, oh, man, I just really wish I hadn't burnt all those fireflies to a crisp when I was playing through the hospital level. But no. Oh, I still feel uh, yeah. morally satisfied with my decision to kill them all. And it sounds uh, like um, there wasn't, this wasn't necessarily like stuff they had to make up for the show. Um, apparently, when they were writing the first game, Neil had all this in his head as backstory oh, canon yeah. for, for Anna, uh, for Ellie's mom. And they were going to make um, a live action short, I think is what he wanted to do. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, and they, uh, you know, stuff falls through, um, and that project fell through, and so he never got to to make it. But he did, if not fully write it, he at least had this headcanon established uh, after the first game. Uh, yeah, I heard that on the the main podcast, the the official podcast. Um, did I? Uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm way out of out of bounds here, but I got a little bit of George Lucas twinge when we started talking about that. The way like George, you know, after people started blowing smoke up his ass and talk about what a modern myth maker he was, and he'd be like, "Actually, I got a whole fucking notebooks full of backstory for Anakin and Obi Wan, and if you understood my whole story, you'd find out it's all about him." And then we find out that that was all a bunch of bullshit, and he didn't really have any ideas and all that kind of stuff. Like, I, sure. I, I can I was see that if there wasn't like, an actual short in development, and I don't, I don't know. He doesn't go into detail on like the state of it and when it was cut off and details. But yeah, 
Yeah. He says no, it was I, a project in development, so I'm inclined sure. to give him the benefit of the doubt there. Sure. And if uh, and if the holiday special wasn't greenlit, George could say the same thing. I had a live action sort that was going to really explore the 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 deep roots of the religion of the. And, uh-huh. But I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's like one of those things where it's like, ah, anytime someone beats uh, starts uh, just conveniently saying, oh, I actually had all this figure. But yeah, yeah, it did. It did make it into the and it did seem like he had a pretty complete story that he told another storyteller. And, and it makes sense but, that you would do this, right? Come up with some kind of backstory even if you're not going to include it in the game, you yeah, have to flesh out the world and the characters and any kind of storytelling probably has a whole bunch of, I mean, I haven't told mm-hmm. even that many stories, but I know that like, you're always thinking about it. Right. And you're thinking about the characters and you know, yeah, totally. Sometimes that gets written down in notepad. Sometimes it doesn't, but uh... I, I, I will say like to, to go on about how well the show has done this. Um, and I want to say the game does this too the way that they cut to joel just driving down the highway they they put the decision to you right like to joel you can still change this you can it's not too late to give us ellie to walk away uh save the world and then you just cut to joel driving down the highway you don't know what he's decided and i love the way they play that moment for people who don't know who haven't played the game that's got to be a moment of wonder uh wondering whether Joel made the decision to take Ellie or made the decision to leave her behind. And then we slowly realize as we hear someone stirring in the backseat, uh, it's just, it's just a beautiful filmmaking moment. It is really cool. Um, yeah. And I love how they interspersed the, the, this final revelation with Joel killing Marlene, you know, like him uh-huh. telling the, well, they, it turns out there's dozens of you that couldn't make it work. And and how it interrupts Joel's train of thought in that moment, yeah. right? It's not something that's that's like thematically supportive. It's actually happening in his head. It's replaying. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He There's a weight to the choice he made in that moment because he, I don't know if he realizes that he effectively killed Ellie's mom, but that's what he did. Well, I also wonder if, um, like, did he go too far? Like, as you can see, he's, like, making shit up. Like, oh, yeah, it turns out there's a whole bunch more people are immune. To do- Ooh, you said dozens? Oh, and they're at the hospital. Because you don't know what they said to her before she's knocked out. Oh, couldn't make, sure. any, couldn't make any of it work. And then he adds that, the, you know, like, you can almost tell he thinks it's, like, he's wincing. He's like, in fact, they've stopped looking for a cure. Like... If this it's was the so... case, why am I in a hospital gown? Why was I knocked out? Why oh, was I put well, Raiders under? attacked us? I barely got you out, you know, and that makes her think why about Why did Marlene they bother and... to put me under and prep me for surgery if happened right they had the no hope and had stopped giving up, uh, had, had given up on the idea were, of a cure? They were completing one last, yeah, it's you, it's like, it's These too little and are too much. Off. And, and mm-hmm. the, the important thing is like, Ellie's reaction to it like she turns her back on Joel like she recognizes this for the bill of goods it is um, yeah and like she's spending the, like her mind is like processing this for the rest of the episode yeah now when we go to the ad make every shot count we'll be back with more of Savage Starlight we're not the cure for mankind but we have your favorite podcast here's more of Savage Starlight uh, let's talk about the rest of the episode here. There's one more wait, scene. Wait, wait. Before we do, did you think there's anything to Marlene begging for her life at the end? Was that... 
I as because I you know again fuck those fireflies. I'm always looking for ways to further uh, catch them in their hypocrisy and justify uh-huh. my own terrible moral decisions that I made in violating their bodily autonomy by roasting them alive. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that like there was something? That we're supposed to draw some kind of conclusion to Marlene begging for her life, even though that's a completely illogical thing to do at this point, because of course she's going to come after Joel and and Ellie. Like the choice has already been made. Why? Yeah, like why let her live? Like, the, are you relating this back to Ellie and the choice that they've taken from her? More um, of like her life. Like, why are you begging for your life? this was a moral choice that you made to take Ellie's life. And these are the natural consequences that you're living with. And the, and, and the world's already like, why do you, why like, like the fact that she still wanted to keep living in this shithole world, even though there's no hope for a cure. Like, was that supposed Mm. to like, again, you go back to like, what is the point even of a vaccine or something that would like, you know, is that magical going to make the world so much better that it's worth? It's like it's not this isn't six hours into the infection where you still had eight billion people left on this planet. This is 20 years on when you have 99 percent of the population dead. Mm-hmm. You know, like this all goes into like, is this all worth it? And I think Marlene, even though she's shot in the gut, probably has not a huge problem. And she's going to have to live the rest of her life in this shitty like the fact that she still wants to live. I kind of think. Hmm proves that life was worth living without the vaccine or like people are starting to figure out ways to live i don't know but yeah it reveals a mental state of that character certainly that they given the well i don't know the stakes are not as high in this moment right it's her death isn't going to save humanity um so it's hard to say it's hypocritical I don't know. Feels just like know. a natural reaction. And like I said, people can accuse me of trying to salve my my guilty conscience, but I gotta say, my conscience feels squeaky clean. I <laughs> sleep like a baby. Yeah. Sleep like a baby with the knowledge of me killing all them fireflies. <laughs> all right, let's head uh, back to Wyoming because that's where Joel and Ellie are headed. Uh, the car breaks down, but they're close to Jackson, so they hike the rest of the way. With Joel going on about how Sarah and Ellie would have liked each other. Uh, just before they arrive at Jackson, Ellie tells Joel about the first time she killed someone and then asks him to swear that everything he said about the fireflies giving up the search for the cure was true. He does. And after a very intense moment, Ellie says, okay. And that is where we leave season one. What? Well, how do you feel about Joel talking about Sarah so much? Is this Joel desperately wanting his scheme to have worked, and he's pulling out all like he's yes. pulling out all the emotional sharing stops to sell it? Or this is it? He's trying to both deflect to take her mind off of the choice that he just made for her, and also connect them even more closely so that. She's selling himself. Yeah, yeah. So that she will not question that decision. Or not not even question the, the circumstances around that decision. Because if she does, that decision becomes is revealed for what it obviously is. Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, so, th- this is the place where it felt desperate to me. Like everybody's like, oh, does it feel desperate him trying to do the Chef Boyardee boggle routine? I'm like, no, this is him trying to help a young girl who's been traumatized. Um, this is where it feels desperate. This is for him yeah, more than right. for Ellie. I think you're right. Because I think the first stuff is just normal parents trying to like be, you know, the person who breaks their kid out of the bad mood, you know? Um, mm-hmm. You do, and it's not just like exclusively parent child. Like you know, if your best friend's in a funk, you try to get him out of it. If, uh, your well, wife or husband or boyfriend, girlfriend in a funk, you try to you know, right? Like that's part of like you know when they're mm-hmm. sad, you're a clown kind of routine. But yeah, this is more. And like the crucial thing is, is like, um, Joel wasn't guilty about that. Like Joel yeah. didn't have anything to do with that shit that they, that that went on with David, and he's just genuinely concerned and trying to help her heal. Here it's different because there's a tinge of nervousness. It's like mm-hmm. a person who has been caught in a lie and is trying to like, if I can just, and I can tell they don't believe it, but if I can just get through this dinner or if I can just get through the night, yeah. then they'll they'll forget about it. And she doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. Is there any doubt in your mind that Ellie believes Joel? Or is there any any? I, I don't any, think she does. Yeah. I think so here's the thing chance. that they say at the end of um the the post episode recap thing that they do uh-huh. on the show. Um uh-huh. is that Ellie is forcing herself to believe Joel. And that is absolutely what it feels like. It's none of this adds up. What you're saying doesn't make any sense to me. But how am how am I gonna how am I gonna go on if the only person that I've ever trusted now is lying to my face and and violating my autonomy and and everything that comes with the choice that Joel's made for her? How do I go on when that's the case? Uh, so she just forces herself to believe him. Forces herself to believe him. Because I, I think that, yeah, she's way too smart. There's no, and she's got way too fine a bullshit detector to believe what Joel is saying. Yeah. And you can see, like, the professor, there's five seconds. You're just looking at her and, like, what's happening in her head? She's, like, swallowing hard. Her eyes are bulging out of her skull. Her eyes are swimming. They're watery. And then it just kind of clicks, and she's like, okay. Deciding to believe, because I, I actually think it goes more than, I think Ellie knows exactly what happened. Okay. I think she figures out that like they were talking to me and then they were going to do some tests and then they knocked me out and then Raiders came and Joel's covered in blood and I think she knows exactly, I mean she doesn't know exactly what happens but she kind of pieces together like what what happened and choosing to believe him is more of like I don't think that literally means it's true like I'm going to, it's more of like mm-hmm. this w- is a willing- new th- yourself to be oblivious uh, you know like it's it's yeah he like joel did her violence and it's like the first like you know like mm-hmm. we just talk about this with david like the first time david smacks across the face a woman he's trying to cow right they're not like their first reaction is probably like oh my god david's insane i got to get away from him he's crazy it's probably people's first should be their first reaction but it's like oh my god he loves you know this is because you know you find all these and i think that this is this is the first violence that joel's really done to ellie and she's going to have to process it. And this is like she's uh, only 14. So she might be processing this for a long time before she gets an, a, an yeah. adult perspective on it. You know, this feels a lot to me like and it's a very similar betrayal. This feels to me like a spouse finding racy pictures on their spouse's phone 
and confronting them about it and them yeah. saying i don't know how those got there uh yeah. it, i must have been hacked right like right and you got two and, kids and a and house you mean, like, and... not able to prove it like and the person just willfully lying to your face and you knowing that they're lying to your face but the alternative is to just blow up your life the yeah. alternative is is to up yeah. upset turn the tables over on everything that you thought was real up to this point that yeah. is not a light decision to make and so when i when i say like yeah she wills herself to believe this that's what it is right wills herself to be in a state of denial to be okay with with knowing that this is false it, it yeah it, it's a, a dichotomy in her mind where she knows yeah. it's false but she's gonna go with it anyway yeah, and it feels like, you know, the way this happened uh, over this overlook where you see this just beautiful Jackson and, uh, you know, this this um, paradise, this promised land that they're about to cross into. Oh, yeah, the future. And she's like, from her perspective, it's got to feel like, oh, my God, I'm going to move into this entirely new thing. And I only know this one person like, you know, there's uh, yeah, I'm going to. I'm just going to choose to make peace with this. I can't even pro like, how do you process this as a 14 year old? My dad just murdered yeah. everyone in a hospital to save my life. And probably because the implication is I could have saved everyone. And she how specifically the hell do you process asks, that? Asks about Marlene and he does not answer, which means she's probably dead. But it's like, yeah. also like I could be dead now, but I, he saved me again. I, I saved him. Mm -hmm. Like, like there's just so much to go so much to process, which makes again, you know, um, when, when you go into the last of us too, and you know, Joel and Ellie are, are still, you know, that's the first question is like, what, what, how has their life been? How long has the yeah. lot, how long, a, how long a time is going to elapse between, uh, you know, what, uh, have they ever talked about this? Have they just been living the lie? Who else knows about it? Um, all great questions that may or may not be answered next season. And because, because Joel is betraying the trust of Ellie here, um, I think it's easy to overlook his side of the thing and concentrate mostly on what this means for Ellie. But in his mm -hmm. mind, he cannot suffer another loss like Sarah. That would kill yes. him. Uh, literally, he would kill himself. Um, yeah. So this is a bit of a selfish decision as well. It's not mm -hmm. all just, I think this girl I love deserves to live. She deserves to, you know, uh, yeah. Well, he definitely doesn't think she deserves a choice. But he's taking this choice and this, I guess, responsibility away from her for selfish reasons. And that's what makes yeah. it so hard to to live with at the end it's why the end of this game is so unsettling because it would have been a really it be nice right it, it, this girl gets to live they get to live together it should be this happy peaceful thing but it's so tainted by the way he chose to go about this yeah and that's that's just a really unfortunate thing because like I, I think it's an interesting thing to think about of like what if the fireflies had done it right what if they had spent time you know uh, doing tests and letting Joel and Ellie, you know, live at the hospital and giving them a chance to, you know, lay it out in front of them, have an Ellie fight for the decision, uh, let them, you know, get their affairs in order and, and say their last goodbyes. Like would, could, when you say Joel couldn't have experienced this loss again, I wonder if he could have, or if he would have, if, if there was a way to experience this as not a loss. Like if, if, if this does save the rest of humanity, could he find, 
Because like I I don't know. Like I'm like 50-50 on even if the Fireflies did everything cuz I'll yeah, I'll give up if there are some Firefly defenders. Number 1, how dare you? <laughs> number two i'll throw you a little uh-huh. bit of bone and like i'm not entirely considered uh, um convinced that if they'd done everything right that joel would have gone along with it like sure. he might very sure. well have like absolutely not she's 14 and she can't make this decision and i'm still going to shoot up the hospital maybe mm-hmm. but like i don't know i think there i think there there was a pretty good chance that joel if if if, if this wasn't made this like crazy fucking ticking time bomb situation joel could have could, could have done the quote-unquote right thing but that again that predisposes that the fireflies are capable of delivering <laughs> and i'm yeah. deeply skeptical so i don't know i mean i i don't view joel's joel's actions here as ever a choice that's why i say like he literally he's incapable of going through this again you literally mean that like yeah, yeah i literally mean biological his machinery will not point. allow yeah. yeah no matter what circumstances happened around this the the reveal of of what they have to do to ellie he could not have allowed that to happen because because of what we see you know him say at the medical camp like she's what brought him out of this 20-year funk he's not going to be able to go through another 20-year funk having lost another daughter sure he'll be that it's never been a choice for him and so taking the choice away from her Ugh. Oh, it's so rough. Yeah, his future is probably uh getting, you know, doing do, being being either eating the gun right here and right now or being that old man with the gun in episode Kansas five, City yeah. where mm-hmm. he's just that's his only purpose left, you know. Yep. Totally. So, I don't know, man. Uh that's it for the season. I don't know if you have anything more to say about this episode but i don't we're not done yet we still have a feedback episode if you'd like to make your best case for why the fireflies are good actually uh t-l-o-u at baldmove.com i'd like to hear it uh then uh next week after everyone's had their say and we've had a a moment to think about it uh we will be doing the wrap-up podcast um so yeah, be uh be be watching twitter.com slash bald move. Uh I'm gonna be making my announcement of when I'm gonna start doing my uh, uh playthrough of The Last of Us. Uh, I'm hoping to make that decision by the feedback episode on 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 Thursday. Uh, also be watching the next 24 hours or so for a poll going out on twitter.com slash bald move, uh where I'm gonna be asking people's opinion on like the best evening to play. Um, of course all the VODs will be up there for like 60 days so if you can't watch it live you can still watch them if you're curious about how a a very 46 year old mediocre gamer makes his way through the normal mode of of The Last of Us uh, feel free to join Uh, we'll be back again with TLU T-L-O-U at baldmove.com for feedback Thursday a whole season recap where we're going to talk about um, yeah like what we thought about the season as a whole how it worked um, there's a couple of encouraging things they said. If, if you're encouraging from the perspective, if you thought there was a, not enough zombie action and the, mm-hmm. and the, the, the official podcast, the Neil and Craig both talked about, like, it was a process working out how to do the zombies and they have ideas for season two to kind of pay off the tendril stuff. And sounds like that that's the one thing maybe that was a common complaint. Um, but yeah, we can talk about that, how they can even make it better in season two. Uh, there's been a lively discussion in Super Spore lore about what a Last of Us 3 might look like. Uh, 
Uh, tons of stuff to talk about in the season wrap-up podcast. But yeah, uh, please subscribe to Bald Move Pulp or Bald Move Prestige if you want to get a wrap-up feed of all of our podcasts talking about, you know, prestige television or zombies and spaceships and ninjas and shit like that. Um, and and yeah, I, I hope you, 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 you continue your journey with us uh, until the next HBO thing comes out. When is the next HBO thing coming out? Do we have to wait till the House of the Dragon? Surely not. That's the next one on my radar, but they've always got good stuff coming out. They killed West. They killed killed Westworld. Got now House people are going to be shouting Succession Barry. at their at their phones right now. But it's true. But Succession's done. It's done after this year. Yeah. Um. Got got Barry. So got Barry. Oh right, that's HBO. Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we do a podcast on Peacemaker, but we definitely talk about it on OTC. Anyway, yeah, uh, join us Thursday for a feedback show. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.